Introducing Viral Voices Diving deeper into why viral outbreaks mean so much more than ill health. Welcome to Episode 3 COVID-19 Over a quarter million people have died from the coronavirus, which continues to spread and threaten the lives of many others, especially the medically vulnerable. All the workers in the essential businesses and the brave healthcare workers and first responders. While scientists and healthcare officials work hard to deal with the issue of the virus, behind that, the ugly face of racism and xenophobia has taken rise. Coronavirus has not only unveiled the depth of racism, but it has also been weaponized to attack vulnerable communities of people. Since this outbreak, a terrible rant of misinformation and anti-Chinese racism has emerged. The fact that the disease started in China has led many people to focus blame for this epidemic on the Chinese people, purporting that Chinese people are basically the filthy, irresponsible spreaders of the disease. People under Asian descent are being equally under attacked by the fearful hate mongers. The reports of violence against people of Asian descent have been no less than horrifying. There have been rampant vile insults, taunts, avoidance, discrimination, and demands to go back to infected homes. Many attacks have been violent, spraying air fresheners in people's faces, fistfights, broken bones, and even the brutal stabbing of an Asian American family with young children out shopping for necessities. Sometimes the acts of racism have been more subtle, but equally damaging in promoting prejudice and the cruelty of discrimination. For example, a Vietnamese artist exhibit scheduled to appear in an art show was canceled because the curator feared people would boycott the entire show. Asian American businesses such as Panda Express have actually been boycotted. Asian Americans have reported being afraid to go out in public, even to travel for business. It has been so bad with the number of reported cases of violence against Asian Americans in the thousands. A national website was launched by the Asian Pacific Policy and Planning Council to report crimes related to the coronavirus. This virus has become a devastating excuse for violence and hate mongering in a heartless disregard for humanity. To express her experiences, 
with the xenophobia and local businesses in her town. We have Megan Mission, an associate professor and associate director of the Physician Assistant Studies at Springfield College. Professor, I'd like to touch upon the topic of xenophobia and racism. In the past, there were similar reactions to the avian flu and SARS outbreak, even the Ebola virus when it sparked xenophobia against the African American community. How do you feel that plays into how people are reacting and the rumors that are forming now? It definitely fuels the fear, I think. And there's clear evidence of it. And I don't know how you stop it. I think we try, like we have this local Chinese restaurant that we go to that serves sushi that we go to all the time. And when this all started, they were very friendly with them. And they started talking about how their people stopped coming to their restaurant, which it was a very popular spot. And we, you know, all, I felt like all we could do is we supported them and we just kept going. And then we got takeout and, you know, we try to go there once or twice a week, one, so that I don't have to cook. And two, we can continue to support in our own way, this small business and that's being affected by the fear of local people and, I don't know how, I think knowledge, right? All I can, I feel like ignorance is what breeds fear. And so being educated is super important to prevent that. But I don't know how we prevent people from thinking what they think without educating them. And then we, that leads back into social media and the news is spreading such wildly different things. It's kind of like a catch 22. United States President Donald Trump tweeted about the coronavirus, calling it the Chinese virus and the China virus. It has even been called the Kung Flu by government officials. How do we contain mass hysteria and xenophobia when the President of the United States and other government officials make statements which fuel hate, prejudice, and racist anger. Why do we look for blame? Some place to vent our anger instead of on solutions. These people who are suffering, the first to get the virus, how do you think they feel when they are slandered and blamed instead of being treated with care compassion, and assistance. We will now listen to the perspective of two Springfield College students. First, we have Chris Rim, a junior at Springfield College. Chris, how do you feel that our government officials, and especially Donald Trump, is referring to this as the Chinese virus? It's just very ir irresponsible that he caused that. I know the White House tried to compare it to the Spanish flu and how they mm -hmm. called it that. But again, it's just, it's just irresponsible. Yeah. And he, I feel like he does a lot of things where he'll know it's wrong, but he'll double down back on, on the thing that he did wrong because he doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. So, like, he'll continue to say the Chinese virus. Even if someone is telling him, like, his PR person has to be telling him, like, this is not good. I'm unwilling to admit that he's wrong. Next, we have Gabby Gerard, a senior at Springfield College. She is being asked the same question. 
that's never something you want to hear because to me that's just a lot of ignorance and a lot of carelessness uh, for the person who's supposed to be leading our entire country you know regardless of what you believe in and what your political views might be i'd like to know that we're making the decisions as a country that we should be making for the best of the people mm -hmm. and that we're making calculated decisions and that we're being mindful of what we're saying and i feel like largely there's just not been very much of any of that which has been very frustrating because there's only so much that we can do as individuals you know so much of it's just we have to trust that these people who have all been voted into these positions you know are there for a reason mm -hmm. um but it's definitely been frustrating and i feel like you know, we see other countries who are handling situations differently, some of which are good, some of which are not. It's just sometimes he says things and it's just like, you, you should not be calling this the, the Chinese virus. There's a, there's a big difference because then what happens is that then it impacts people who, you know, identify as Chinese or Chinese American or any sort of, you know, depending on how they identify themselves, it's just, it's careless. And then all of a sudden you see the person walking down the street who lives across the street, whoever, like, as a different person than who they really are and who you know them to be and it's like well, wait why am i thinking this way and it's like oh because the person running our country told us that we should low-key be thinking that way and so that doesn't sit right with me i don't like that at all differences do not need to scare people they can be welcome but in times of chaos people band together in them versus us sort of way. When people are in a panic or feel endangered, they look for something or someone to blame. We'll have Charles Milch, an associate professor of allied health science and the chair of the physician assistant program at Springfield College, discuss how the government and President Trump's statements affect how people are reacting and spreading rumors. And so I think that that's a real thing happening. And again, our leadership had fallen down and created a stir in, in calling it the Chinese virus. The reality is we didn't get it from China. I mean, it came from China, but we got it from Europe. We didn't get it. We got it from people coming from Europe. We didn't get it from people coming from China. I have friends that are Chinese and I know that they are feeling the pressure, people look at them a certain way. And it's, it's classic when something challenging happens to a, to a country, and I'll say it to our country, we don't like to, but there are people that like to pick out a group of people and blame them. And I think that that was happening with our president. And he's, he, he kind of lit a match on the uh, xenophobia and got it going and now it's got a, a life of its own he did change his script you know he stopped calling it the chinese virus after enough people said would you stop doing that i'm surprised he even listened to that because he just doesn't do that but if you look at his platform his whole platform was anti-immigration and it's it's unfortunate our, our country's built on immigration that's how we we came to be we're all you know descendants of immigrants I think it's definitely cruel. I think people that do it are, I don't want to say they're not educated because I think there are educated people out there that do it too. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it. Robert Fullalove, a professor of sociomedical sciences at New York's Columbia University Medical Center, stated, the more people panic, 
the more they are tempted to blame the outsider, someone different from themselves. With that being said, fear tends to motivate reasons for xenophobia and racism. To discuss why that may be true, we'll have Charles Milch once again. Fear is interesting. Breeds xenophobia, but also breeds consumerism. And people buy things to protect themselves. I think we use fear to keep the economy going. Oh, look at the toilet paper rush. I mean, what was that? It was so stupid. It was like, the people who made toilet paper said, there's no shortage. (laughs) We have plenty. (laughs) It's like, oh, I should be thinking about toilet paper. Anyways. Dr. Brian O'Shea, a researcher at Harvard University, reports that people often display a form of tribalism in life, such as we see in politics, sports, and in conspiracy theories. He reports that people fear what they do not understand, which often leads to creating a narrative that fits to one's comfort zone, intellectual capacity, or ideology. Racism and xenophobia arise from fear, self-preservation tendencies, and tribalism. America has not been alone in this. There have been reports of discrimination, prejudice, violence, racism, and xenophobia against people of Asian descent and appearance around the globe. Hong Kong people against mainland Chinese, mainland Chinese against those of Hubei province and Wuhan. As the viral hotspots have spread, so has discrimination. Within China, acts of discrimination against foreigners, European and American, but particularly those of African descent have arisen. The U.S. Consulate General warned about discrimination against African Americans in Guangzhou. Police ordered restaurants and bars not to serve patrons who appeared to be African origin to conduct mandatory COVID-19 testing and self-quarantine for anyone suspected of African contacts. Many businesses and hotels also refused to serve them. Some reports in China warn that the reintroduction of the disease from abroad was a greater risk than contracting the disease locally. Thailand's public health minister suggested that white foreigners are dirty and spreading the virus, claiming people should be more afraid of Westerners rather than the Asians. Of course, viruses do not care about nationality, color, or region. It is an equal opportunity disease. To discuss a little bit more on the mental side of xenophobia and racism during this pandemic. We will have Wan Zhong, a professor of psychology at Springfield College. With the shutting down of the country, 
uh, basically to ground zero from the coronavirus, what psychological effects could that have on some of the citizens? I think, you know, for some people, they have these emotions. And if the change and if the uncertainty is not overwhelming to them, and also based on their personality traits, right? Like we talk about if you, some people are more sensitive to changes and to this, all this stimuli. Mm-hmm. And some people are maybe a little bit higher on the neuroticism trait. So they, they are more sensitive basically to these emotions, not only to the stimuli, but also to these emotions as well. And also, I think it also depends on the, the past experiences of uh, everybody that brings in with their own personal history background. And so some people will uh, be able to handle it um, faster and a little bit better. The way people react varies from person to person based on past experiences or current experiences people may vary in how they feel or how they perceive what is going on in the world xenophobia during a pandemic is nothing new which makes it so much sadder that we have not learned from it for every pandemic in history there appears to be xenophobia as far back as the Jewish people being blamed for the Black Death and immigrant Irish workers for cholera in the 1830s. To more recent, the outbreak of Ebola in 2014, which was also a global concern and sparked an abundance of racism towards those of the African descent. And with many other examples in between, it persists. Research has borne out that if you live in a region where there is widespread infectious disease, people gravitate to those of the same race, irrespective of any other factor. We would do well to heed the CDC's message to share facts, not fear. Fears fuel the fire of racism, and the fire of them versus us, them versus us. Social media only hastens its spread, and now it grows stronger as more blame is tossed on the flames of xenophobia. The fear of the unknown. Here's Charles Milch. There was a very smart man a long time ago said, we don't know what we don't know. And so, if that's the truth, then we shouldn't be afraid of it because we don't know about it. But the real problem is, is that there are little seeds that are planted that are still unknown, but at least they're ideas that blossom into fear. And that's where the problem is. Recently, President Trump accused China of lying and sinister motives. Trump, backed by the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo asserted that they had enormous evidence and felt very confident that the virus began at Wuhan Institute of Virology Research Laboratory. However, neither Trump nor Pompeo has been either willing or able to provide any alleged evidence. These assertions were countered by Dr. Anthony Fauci, 
director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. In an interview with National Geographic, Dr. Fauci said, the best evidence shows the virus behind the pandemic was not made in a lab in China. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then jumped species. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison and the World Health Organization, among other scientists, have all said there is no indication that COVID-19 came from the Wuhan Institute. All said the Wuhan wildlife market remains the most likely origin for the pandemic. With the United States now being the global epicenter for the virus, with more than 1.1 million confirmed cases and over 70,000 deaths, the fury continues. Further blaming allegations from the White House were made that the Chinese people were hiding the scope of the virus from us and that they were stockpiling ventilators and PPE for sinister motives. Racism distorts reality. In fact, we have been warned about the virus pretty early. It seems likely that the Chinese people were doing what we should have been doing from the beginning, trying to protect our people. And let's not overlook that the fact that they had enough equipment that they were able to and willing to send it to us for the time being. The coronavirus pandemic has led to xenophobic pandemonium with blame being accumulated from almost about everywhere along with scapegoating, racist mudslinging, and violence. Only hurt, wasted time, energy, and resources come from this. It does not lead to solutions, it just leads to problems. We need to work together, not alienate potential sources of help because of blind prejudice. Let us learn from history and bury the hatchet of hate. Let us learn from the scientists. Let us shift the them versus us racist mentality to mankind versus the virus in a force of unity. With all the brilliant minds and resources around the world, as one team standing united together we can beat this formidable foe. Thank you for listening to episode three of Viral Voices. From everyone at the Viral Voices team, we would like to thank all the frontline workers working their hardest to combat the virus. At this point, all of us must come together 
in order to defeat this virus. Joining together to defeat COVID-19 will show how powerful we are as not only a country, but as a world. Everyone stay safe, abide by social distancing laws, and we'll catch you next time of Viral Voices. Stay safe.